0: The Weekly Harvest, an in-depth look at the Brandon Weekings and the WHL. Washman trying to come up with it for Allison. Here's Allison right in front. He scores! Well, welcome back to the Weekly Harvest. It has been a while, but uh, it is amazing to be back. Weekly Harvest brought to you by Coors Light, the official beer partner of the Brandon Week Kings. A big thanks to Coors Light. You're hearing myself, Chris Falco, Director of Game Day Operations and Community Relations with the Brandon Weekings. Kings. And he is Brandon Crow, the radio voice of the Wee Kings. Crowe, how good is it to be back? Oh, man. I can't even begin to explain the... Giddiness that I had today uh, it 's the day you know it 's been so long i can 't even remember the date of the last one we did. We talked to Les Lazar. I remember we were joking about you know me fencing and and feeding my cows and stuff. Well, one of those cows is in my freezer, and the other ones have gone to the auction market and it just <laughs> got dark really quick it 's one of those that? things where so much has changed since then and i mean i joke about you know life on the farm but lots of things have changed since then both at the rink away from the rink in life uh you know with the team with everything uh it's been a long time and so I was much just has changed. changed cows i raised are in my freezer this is <laughs> this is fantastic Hey, I, gotta I compete with billy's beef somehow <laughs> okay i was i was talking to to De crow before we started here i was raving about billy's beef that's why he brought it up uh just so you guys know amazing sausage there for, for billy's Beef. Uh, it would Mark pair Drillaga. very well. It would pair very well with a Coors Light. Again, a big thanks to Coors Light, the official beer partner of the Brandon Wheat Kings, uh, for coming on board and sponsoring the podcast. Uh, really appreciate their support as we move forward. Today's guest crow is a guy that we both know uh, for a number of years. Uh, I know that your relationship with him even goes back further. Not working on the same team, but uh, but but with him. With the new head coach, the 24th head coach in Wheat King history, Don McGilvery is our guest this week. Really looking forward to talking to Doc. Yeah, and I, in all my years of of doing this, I've worked with a lot of great coaches. Um, you know, I spent five, six, six years in junior A between the SJHL and the MJHL, and and worked with some great coaches in, uh especially you know in Vernon, you know Troy Leslie, and and just a bunch of great people. But you know, the one constant for me over the last handful of years has been Don and his. Uh, his friendship, his mentorship, what he's meant to me personally as, as a, as a friend, we both started with the Wheat Kings basically in the same week, uh, both jumping into new roles that neither one of us really knew what we were getting into. So uh, I have the utmost respect for Don. And, and when he was announced uh, as the new head coach uh, brought a little tear to my eye, I was so excited and so proud. Um, and knowing that, you know, getting a chance to work with him here, moving forward uh, really looking forward to it. To me, there's no more deserving guy. You look him up, you look him up on elite prospects, you look him up in the MJHL record books. The guy has won everywhere he's been. And this is just another great opportunity for him. And, and he's, uh, he's a great storyteller. So looking forward to hearing from him. And, I, you know, and for, for him to be our first guest on, on this first one, there's been a lot of changes in the Brennan Weekings since we last did the podcast. Um, I mean, for one, there was the ownership change. Uh, right. You know, that's, that's, that's not a little thing that, 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 that has taken place. Um, so with everything going on, How are you, voice of the Weekings? Are you you doing all right there, Crow? Well, I think the last time you and I talked, I was driving the beer cart. I think for the yeah (laughs) yeah, on the golf course, yeah, yeah. And of course, that all came to an end when Code Red kind of kicked in. Obviously, the golf season was actually extended because of the beautiful weather we've had. Yeah. Um, But that wrapped up, and so now, um, you know, until I was able to kind of work out a a new agreement with the radio station moving forward, I've been uh, working in the oil field and and working out side and just trying to keep myself busy. Um, I have to admit, and I'd be be lying if I said it it wasn't a struggle at times, and I, I know you're the same way. I mean, you're trying to occupy and teach two young boys and try and stay busy with hockey, but it's hard sometimes when every day is like Groundhog Day. You can't go anywhere. You can't see anyone. You can't really do any of the things you like, so I'd be lying if I said it wasn't difficult at times, but now I can I feel like I can maybe see the light at the end of the tunnel a little bit, and I can see hockey's starting to come around. I know that you know, the world juniors to me, I haven't been excited about the world juniors in a long time. And this year I'm all in, man. Like I, I am so excited for the world juniors, especially with Braden Schneider. And we'll touch on that a little bit as well, but uh, I'm feeling good. You know, this last week in a bit, getting back into the swing of things, doing reports, planning the podcast, getting, getting some weeking talk again. It's uh, I, I feel, I feel good. Uh, and, and for you, I know you've been fishing, but uh, fishing hasn't gone well for you. Has it not, not quite so far, but, uh, the, <laughs> The year is young, is what I'm hoping. I don't know. I've been kind of, but the, the weather's been so beautiful that honestly, like, it has not felt like a chore at all, even when it's oh, been yeah. really slow. So it's been, it's been fine. Uh, it's been nice hearing your reports come up on on Q Country. Uh, so, for people who want to find the podcast, of course, it's Q Country wherever you get your podcasts, but also on Q Country FM.ca, you can get uh, the, the Westman News Update podcast. I know uh, when I got my 2020 Spotify wrapped and it gave me my top podcast, uh, I think we were number two, Weekly Harvest, and, uh, and that one was number three. I'm not gonna say number one because it's a bit nerdy, but, <laughs> but, but uh but it's always kind of fun to see that. But you can check all that out at qcountryfm.ca. Uh it's really fun to be doing the weekly harvest podcast once again. Like we said, there's been a lot of changes since the last time we talked, but uh the one thing that uh hasn't changed is our is our love for hockey, and no matter what kind of hockey, even if it is seems to be uh, digital hockey. Have you uh, watched any of Luca Burzat when he was playing in the in the Mem E Cup there, Crow? You know, I at first I I thought when I first saw it. Okay, let's go back actually to when the season was first canceled and you and you decided to put together the simulation slash Twitch stream. At first thought, I was like, oh boy, is this going to be a thing? Because I haven't gamed in years, and I don't have an Xbox, I don't have a PlayStation, I haven't gamed in years. And then I got into it, and I and you and I did a little uh, thing during the, that and and whatever. But then the league came out with this great Memorial Cup tournament featuring players from from all three leagues. They've got the the ODR guys, the the two funny comedians that are always uh, just joshing around and doing goofy stuff. Those guys have jumped in with their commentary. I know some Western League guys, Dan O'Connor, the Vancouver Giants, has done some play by play. I've uh, I paid attention a little bit, and uh, the Luca Burzan he probably could have been a little better, I'll be honest with you. His his output was a little disappointing. Um, but seeing uh, the Western Hockey League that you know there's been some good players That Justin Hall with Lethbridge is really doing a great job and uh, yeah it's been fun to watch and realistically hockey fans are starved right now so I know a lot of non gamers are like oh boy the league is really pulling its draws here trying to keep people engaged but they're trying to keep the young people engaged and I think they're doing a good job of it so well, and- now moving forward a team a tournament mm-hmm. what's that all about tell us a little bit about that yeah so uh, that's a little bit different but uh, so the week Kings, like we're running the BWK My IT Source NHL 21 tournament. And this one is actually starting now in early January. Uh, people can register up to December 28th. So, you know, if you get NHL 21 for Christmas, the kids can still play. There's a youth division, an adult uh, division. But our Week King players, they're actually playing the fans as we speak. Like, pretty much every night now, we're arranging different players to playing different fans who are in the tournament. Uh, so we have like a roster of uh, players now because, like, the guys want to interact with the fans too and, and they can't do any events in person uh, but they want to do something so we're like well you can game against them so they're logging in they're playing NHL 21 against the fans and it's been an absolute blast especially the ones who do the streams uh, there's been a couple of them who are streaming and they just one can't believe that they're actually playing against a weeking. king uh, and uh, the one guy had no idea who Luca Burzan was and he, he pulled it up and he started to go oh, he's like oh, man, this guy's got, like, 34 Genos last year. This guy's got, like, 40. <laughs> this guy's legit. Drafted by Colorado. Anyway, he was just, like, blown away by it, right? And So it's, it's, it's been a whole lot of fun for the guys to figure out, like, who they're playing and, and kind of what's going on. Uh, but, yeah, people can check that out uh, on, on uh, weekings.com slash esports if they want to go and check that out. Uh, we've been, you know, doing that a lot in the office, of course, uh, selling the, the cardboard cutouts for when the, whenever the season gets underway. Uh, you know, we, we don't know what the attendance is going to look like yet. A uh, a lot of that comes down to what the government's going to allow. Um, but what we are getting ready for is the game day presentation, because even if there's limited fans where, you know, there's always going to be the stream for, for people to watch it and to stay tuned. So we're going to do our best to do that. Have you on the call. Um, so things are starting to come together as a, and it's exciting because, you know, now that you're back on the radio talking about it again, the podcast is back. We got world juniors. We got our target date in January. Everything is kind of clipping along. You're like you said, light at the end of the tunnel. So it's exciting right now it is and you talked about change boy uh, it was it was such a strange time where there was nothing right like from March whatever that was 13th or 14th till you know June there was just nothing there was no news there was no nothing nobody knew anything all of a sudden the rumors started swirling Brandon Weekings have been sold somebody's bought the Brandon Weekings you know and you hear this and you know I, I wasn't really involved I wasn't at the radio station I wasn't really around the team I was off doing my own thing and I started hearing it out in the middle of nowhere and I was texting you guys going what's going on and then you know the whole transition happens Jared Jacobson buys the team you know the the McCrimmon family says goodbye after building a, a you know an amazing franchise over all these years and you know all of a sudden that news happens and then the world junior news comes along Braden Schneider Ridley Gregg on the list and then you know, Ridley Gregg Damon Hunt both testing positive for COVID and then all of a sudden you look at down the road and Dave Lowry's moving on and Donnie's being promoted and he's hiring two new assistant coaches and there's new boards and there's new glass and all of a sudden everything all happened at the same time so uh, obviously you and I can't talk about it all uh, in one shot but now that we're getting going again uh, you know we can we can build on this weekly talk about what's going on we have still got you know over a month uh, until the season is set to tentatively begin so over the next couple weeks we'll dive into each topic whether it be the sale or uh, the new boards new glass what that means for you with the game day what that means for the players fans that sort of thing and we'll just kind of go through it as we kind of ease our way back into this, because if we were to talk about it all in one shot, I don't think we'd have time to do it, but no, nope, for uh, sure. It's crazy. how quickly It all happened. And with that, we want to encourage people once again, haven't given up this email in a while, but Q weekly harvest at gmail.com. It's still set up to go to my phone. It's basically uh, been used only a couple of times uh, by a few people being like, why aren't you guys doing this anymore? But <laughs> uh, we're, we're, we're doing it once again. Uh, QWeeklyHarvest at gmail.com, the letter Q, right? So for Q yeah. Country, QWeeklyHarvest, well, gmail.com. Talk- send us an email if you have any questions, if you want to talk about anything in particular. But uh, we'd love to hear from you once again couple things I do want to mention um, you know in, in a time where news was hard to find you and I talked about this last week uh, how about Perry Bergson I mean we we make fun of Perry we make fun of his fashion we make fun of his hair we make very with fun with him of though boots. by the way people are gonna be like behind yes. his back that's so no, no, mean. no 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 no, no. no. <laughs> with, with him, when we film the crow's nest and he's wearing his thrift shop clothes we will joke with him at that moment we're not talking yeah. behind his back here at all but yes go on what be- he has done a stellar love job. Him. He's amazing. He's absolutely. We are so lucky to have him. Uh, like I'll say that, like guys, on behalf of the Weekings, but on behalf of the city of Brandon for hockey fans, he is just so good for the community. The coverage that he provides, and yeah, what he's given us in terms of content for us to just stay engaged. Uh, the alumni series and all the prospect reports he's done. Perry is been Crazy. Yeah, he has done he's gone over and above and and I know it's it's people don't like it sometimes where they click on the link and they can't they can't read it because they have to you know pay for a subscription or pay to read the Brandon Sunwell how do you think Perry makes a living by subscriptions so for those of you greedy folks and I used to be one of them until Perry explained it to me <laughs> hold on hold on uh, we got to tell this story one second when we were in Seattle we got to get we I guess some pass on subscriptions when we were in Seattle Perry ate pizza from 711 <laughs> For lunch over three days. The same yes. 7-Eleven pizza. Okay, heard of this. So it is now a story uh, that, is, that it has gone through. Let's not let that happen again. Let's make sure that we That's... get a few more bread and yep. subscriptions so the guy can get one pizza per day. When he, when and away. what else are you doing? Like you're sitting at home anyway. You can't yeah. go anywhere. It's well worth it. You can't go to the store to, well, I guess you can go pick up a hard copy, but uh, he's done a great job and he's kept the weak Kings in the loop all summer. And uh, we forgot, geez, we didn't even talk about the draft and all the guys drafted, you know, Braden Schneider and Ridley Gregg and Cole Cole Reinhart, Ben McCartney, McCartney. go to the desert. Ben McCartney. We didn't even joke about Ben going to the desert. He's got like the, the palest complexion. And now we got to send him to like one of the hottest places to possibly go to. You need sunscreen it's- when the lights are too bright. <laughs> it's not going to be good for him. No, 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 there's a lot to get through, but we have Don waiting. So we have to get to, into our guests here tonight. Mm-hmm. So again, we're going to cover more. It's good to be back. It's been a long uh, off-season for us while here at the podcast. Again, Harvest at gmail.com. But uh, now it's time again to get into our guest. Here we are, joined with the twenty. 20- Fourth head coach in Brandon Weeking history, uh, and one that we are familiar with as being—he's been with the organization for a number of years already. We got Don McGilvery. Don, how are you? I'm doing great, thanks. How are you guys? Well, someone was ice fishing all day today. Chris was. Some of us were working out in the cold, and he was sitting in an ice fishing shack, so he's probably better than I am. It was still cold. I mean, come on. But. Uh, <laughs> Did you have any success? Oh, Don, I'm telling you, it has been a rough start to the year. No, no, I, I, I even went to a lake where my friend has caught a number of master anglers the last couple weekends. I'm like, perfect. I'm going to make the trip. It's over an hour and a half away. So went there thinking I'm finally going to get some fish for the freezer, came up with nothing again. So it was rough. How was your weekend? <sighs>
1: My weekend was great. Yeah, I was just uh, doing, you know, you can't really do a whole lot, so you can't go over for dinner or anything like that. But, you uh, know, I was going to be home. Went home for a couple of days and back in Brandon.
0: You know, Donnie, I, I had a chance uh, this afternoon uh, to read up on Perry Bergson's article about you, and obviously he touches on a lot of things that, you know, I already knew, and, and you know, he goes back into your past and, and how you got all started in the coaching world. I think that's where I want to start. You know, you started coaching at a really young age, and it basically came in sort of a Reggie Dunlop-type player-coach role. Wasn't it right out of junior you stepped right back into it? Actually, my first coaching job was on an 11-year-old minor hockey team. Um,
1: And, you know, it was uh, something that I wanted to do. And then I got into coaching junior, and I was coaching – my second year I was the assistant coach and um, I was coaching my defense partner that I played with when I was 20. So he was, it was, it was, it was, it was weird. Like, uh, you know, I was pretty young at that point to be in coaching, but it was, it was weird, but I enjoyed it. I got, you know, I got my feet wet really early and and, uh, developed a passion for it. And and here we are today. By the way, fellas, uh, you reached down deep. Uh, this is episode
0: 33, and uh, you ran out of broadcasters to get bring on the program. <laughs> No, no. Listen, we have honestly, like, we've wanted to have you on for a while, but you have always kind of been like, no, 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 no. You were so quick to pass the buck. Now that you're head coach, you you can't say no. because <laughs> yeah, you're the boss. Because now you're the guy. So do not put this <laughs> um, on us. Do not put I that could, on us. Oh, well, it's definitely on you. It's no, definitely on you. No, sure. no, not at all. Yeah. All right. So, Don, I mean, as exciting as it is to be given the reins, of course, it is all kind of in a strange situation after another strange situation after another strange situation that's been happening lately. But, I mean, just how exciting is it to now be in that role uh, and looking forward? Yeah, I I can't tell you how excited I am. I think that, you know,
1: obviously – you know, I had a, an idea what was going on because I was in the office with Dave Lowry when, you know, he was going through the process with the Jets. So, uh, you know, I, I was probably one of the few people that knew what was going on. And uh, it came up very suddenly, you know, and I think that um, and that's when usually this happens. I, I remember when I got the call from David Anning to come to Brandon or to see if I was interested in coming to Brandon, you know, I was on holidays in, in uh, Phoenix you know, playing some golf and I got a call out of the blue when Kelly left. So, you know, that's the way things work in this business. And, you know, I think that the biggest thing for me is I feel like I'm more than ready to assume that position. And I'm really excited about that opportunity.
0: It's been a long road, and, and I think Chris kind of touched on it a little bit. You and I started basically the same week with the Brandon Weekings. I, I stepped in as, as the radio guy replacing a, a longtime uh, radio personality in Bruce Lubke. And, of course, you stepped into a role with a whole new staff replacing Kelly McCrimmon. Well, since then, there have been some situations that I don't know if any of us could have ever predicted. Of course, the, the game, first game, was fogged out, canceled, <laughs> middle of the game. I mean, what a strange start. And then, of course the team goes through the whole mumps outbreak where players and staff end up getting affected and and then you go through that and, and into having to move your playoff games into Dauphin because of the fair and then you come back and all of a sudden COVID shuts down the season, mix in a couple coaching changes in there. It probably isn't exactly how you drew it up when you started but you know, you, you're pretty good at letting things roll off you but just try and summarize how weird it's been in the road from start till now. Well, it certainly hasn't been how
1: you draw it up I think that you know I don't think anybody um, expected what's hap- happened to happen I think I can remember sitting in the office with uh, Dave and Mark and you know we were talking about what we we're gonna do for practice on the Thursday before you know that was the night the night of bef- the day after the, the NHL shutdown that that morning and and we were wondering how that was going to affect if we should practice and we you know we, we didn't end up practicing that day we felt like you know sh- you know this was going to be a a couple week uh, sabbatical and then we'll, we'll get back to business but you know it's uh, nine months later and, and here we are today still waiting to play so you know I don't think anybody understood how serious that that the pandemic was going to be and uh, certainly we can't control that and there's more important things in hockey at this stage but you know the big the biggest thing we can do is control what we can and that's to be prepared and ready to go when the season does start and that goes for not only myself for the rest of the staff and for all the players, I think that we, we can't control, you know, when the health authorities are going to say when we
0: can play. But when that happens, we'll be more than ready. There was there was no hotter team in the WHL when things ended than the Weekings. I uh, I know that a lot of that was trying to get all of the new systems in place and getting the players on the on on, on the same page. Um, after the coaching change, can you kind of just tell people? Uh, it, like, explain what your role was before Dawn and how that going kind to of transition into the head coach in terms of like what you were running and what systems.
1: Okay. So, well, I'll start when I first started. I was looking after the, my first year, I was basically running the power play. I wasn't really involved in the bench management side of things. Uh, year two and year three, I was looking after the defense and and the power play and then last year i looked after the defense and the penalty kill and that was something that uh, i talked to dave about when he he accepted the job initially i was going to do the power play and i asked him if i could switch to the penalty kill just for my own experience i wanted to be, i wanted to get a little you know i hadn't done that in a while i had been a head coach and usually the head coach looks after the power play and i had been a head coach for the previous you know, 18 years, I wanted to, to make sure that I was prepared for all facets of the specialty teams. And I think that, uh, and Dave was um, real good with that suggestion. I mean, I think he wanted to do the power play anyway. And then at the same time, I was able to, to um, tap into his expertise because he was, you know, that's what he, he was an expert at, at the NHL level, you know, with the LA Kings. So it was a great situation. I think that, um, you know, I really enjoyed the, amount um of Uh, Responsibility that Dave gave me last year, I think, you know, one thing that was different is I did most of the the game day presentations in terms of, you know, our team meetings, you know, five on five meetings, that kind of thing. So the 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 preparation for our players, uh, I I looked after most of that. So that was really good. That that uh, you know puts me in good stead going forward. I think that uh, when you're watching video, you have to know what you're looking for. Dave was real helpful with that as well. So you know, my whole. Time here in Brandon, four years, you, you learn a lot. You, you know, when, you, when I was a head coach. You always wonder when your opportunity is going to come and I came to Brandon for that opportunity hoping that it would come in a similar fashion than what it did this year you know obviously this this came out of the blue but I was hoping that the head coach would, would uh, move on to bigger and better things there'd be an opportunity here or we'd have success and there'd be an opportunity somewhere else uh, that's really what I was hoping for and, and you know things obviously didn't transpire that way initially but the experience that that I've gotten over these last four years you know it's uh, it's been, well, it was eye-opening initially because I never realized how much video was done at this level. So we do a lot of video. That That's a big part of the assistant coach's job. But, you know, just the interaction with, you know, with the general manager, you know, it was Grant and it was Darren last year uh, with Kelly McCrimmon, you know, being able to sit and, and listen to him talk and talk about different strategies and obviously his expertise and, and, and the fact that he coached the team for many, many years. So I think, you know, that good people in the organization you you learn from everybody you learn how you want to do it the one thing I did I will say is I'm not going to I'm not going to change who I am like I'm not going to be Dave Lowry or Kelly McCammon or Dave Adding. I'm going to be myself and that's how I've always operated so you know sometimes it's a difficult thing to go from an assistant coach to a head coaching role but I think that uh, I have enough experience that I should be able to transition and players will notice a little bit of a difference but not not a huge
0: difference so if I was uh, if I had a you know a sixteen year old son and I was had an opportunity to send him to Brandon what what would I tell him about what kind of coach you are or how would you approach that like what what type of coach are you are you a players coach you know do you do you try and be friends with them do you toe the line like how do you approach that and is that something that has changed over the years I know kids have changed and you and I have had that conversation before how you coach is different but have you been the same Don McGilvery from nineteen eighty nine till now or, or what are some of the changes personality wise you've had to do in the dressing
1: room, I would say I've changed quite a bit since I first started. I think you know when you when I started, I was pretty emotional. I got pretty wrapped up in the game and could, could get carried away at times. And you know, I'm a little bit calmer. Uh, you know, I think I try to build relationships with the players. I think from a from a recruiting perspective, the parent, the 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 parents that are sending their kids here will understand that Brandon's a great place to play. They look after their players, you know, the coaching staff has their best interests at hearts. They can come and talk to us at any time. We can help them with problems off the ice on the ice. Um, They're going to get as good, you know, the good coaching and, and, and um, you know, Techniques and and video and and not only that, but just just the off fights. You know, when, when you have, you know I have three kids, so I have a twenty year old and, and a twenty two year old and a twenty five year old. You know, so they they're not that far removed from the players that that are on our team, so that helps as well. I understand what those kids are going through away from the rink what the challenges are social media is a huge challenge now for, for all, everybody concerned so I think that that will help a lot um, and certainly I want to treat the players how I want my son to be treated if he was playing you know somewhere else I think that that's that's always a big factor.
0: So once the season does get back going, and we're talking about some of these young guys, how exciting is it that you've got three first-round picks who who are fighting to make the team? You got a number of seventeen-year-olds who are MVPs of their league. Uh, like it, it, it just must be something that you're just raring to get go, especially with the young with those young players.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, that excitement's tempered a little bit because the young guys typically don't make that much of an impact in their first year. So, I mean, we're hoping that they will make, make as much impact as they can, but there's always a learning curve. You know, those guys are coming from programs where they're the top dog, they're playing power play, they only kill on regular shift, lots of minutes, they're going to come in here, they're not going to play, you know, they're not going to start there anyway. Um, you know, we're going to give them the opportunity to, to grow. Uh, what's exciting is that those players should be good players in the future and should be the core group of our team going forward. So, I mean, we have a good team coming back. I like our group coming back. We have some good veteran players. We have depth in all, all areas. Um, you know, and saying that, we lose the MVP of, of the Eastern Conference in terms of our goaltender, Yuri Patera. We lost our captain. We lost our toughest defenseman. So, you know, those there's our, there are significant holes there, but uh, we feel like we have good good players and everybody loses good players. It's the opportunity that presents itself, that who's going to slide into those jobs. And uh, that's what's exciting. I mean, I think there's always going to be pressure and Brandon. To, wait, to have a good team and be successful I want to embrace that pressure I, nobody's going to put any, any more pressure on than myself like I, I, I have a lot of pride in, t- in terms of how I want to conduct and conduct myself and how I want the team to play and I certainly um, you know I'm looking forward to that pressure I think that uh, you know when you have a good team it doesn't necessarily mean it doesn't necessarily guarantee that you're gonna win yeah the stars have to align at the end you have to have a lot of things go the right way if you look back to the last time Brandon won a championship they could have been out in the first round they were down to nothing to Edmonton down in the third game in Edmonton could have easily lost that that game and then you know a lucky break or whatever at Edmonton win that series and you know we're talking something different so you know you have to have a lot of things go your way and uh, certainly our job is to be prepared prepare our players to be prepared and then when that opportunity presents itself you know we're ready to go
0: one thing that uh, I mentioned I I was and this isn't free advertising for Perry but I tend to do that quite a bit but one quote that I read uh, in his story that he did on you right after you got the promotion and and this was something that you know you and I had talked about on the phone and I, I wasn't sure if it was something that was ever you know going to come out or, or work out but when you talked to Perry about how disappointed you were when you didn't get the job originally after the coaching change where they, they let go of Dave Anning and then brought in Dave Lowry you know you ha- had basically thrown your hat in the ring and said hey I'm the guy for this job obviously uh, Kelly McCrimmon went with Dave Lowry but for you in a lesson sense and, and maybe even a lesson that your players hmm. can take from that yeah that, that was not a great moment for you but you bounced back and all of a sudden it turned into a great opportunity to learn from another great coach so just kind of talk about how you quickly kind of shook that off and got rid of the disappointment and, and put your best foot forward
1: well yeah for sure it was disappointing I think that uh you know, I I went into the how it kind of played out. I went in, you know, into the weekend thinking I was going to be getting the job, and on on the Monday I found out I wasn't getting the job. And um, you know, and that and that's that's the business. That's the you know, Dave Dave uh, made himself available and and uh, wanted the job, and and you know, Kelly explained that to me, and um, you know, I I first I I didn't you know I I, I talked to Dave for. Before I did anything, and Dave called me after he accepted the job. We had probably an hour and a half conversation over the phone, and one of the questions I asked him was, "You know, are you sure you want me to be back as your assistant coach?" Like I, you know, I didn't know Dave. I met I'd met him a couple times. Once on you know when we were traveling through Victoria when he was coaching Victoria, and I I talked to him a little bit at the draft. So. You know, that was the first thing for me. I wanted him to be comfortable because usually the head coach has a say in in who he works with. So um, that was the first thing. The second thing was... You know, once once the, the initial shock of or the initial disappointment was over and I knew that I was gonna stay, you know, I, I made it known to both Dave and to Kelly that I was all in hundred percent. You know, I understood what would happen and I'm, I was accepting my role and and, and that's that that was the end of it. You know and you know I knew that Dave was a good coach I didn't think he'd be in Brandon a long time and I know as as it turns out he wasn't but um, you know I I wouldn't trade last year for any year that I've coached I, I you know I probably built as good a relationship with Dave Lowry as I have with anybody else that, I, that I've coached within the game or or been within the game and and uh, you know he, he's a he's a trusted friend um, you know I respect him as a colleague I respect him as a person so you know from from that point perspective you know I wouldn't trade last year for anything as disappointing as it was but it puts me in good stead to to move forward I understand some of the things that he did you know and and Dave would be the first to tell you he didn't change the world like you know um, he came in and 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 changed a few things and did things the way he wanted to do them and you know and the results were the results you know and I think that um, you know that he was his own person and that that was a, a big piece of why he's successful
0: so tell me, Don, what's the number one thing you're gonna miss about Dave Lowry in the coach's room, and why is it the photo of Garth Brooks?
1: <laughs> well, it won't be the photo of Garth Brooks. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> the, the number one thing I'm gonna miss is our conversations between you know seven thirty and eight thirty in the morning. You know, it's just the two of us, and and uh, and if I wanted to get him in a bad mood, I could. I knew how to how to. Uh, you know, get them riled up. I could talk about LA or, or something like that. So I could get them riled up pretty fast. But, you know, those, those were, those were really good moments for me. I, I, I enjoyed it. It wasn't, we weren't talking as, um, you know, Coach and assistant coach, we were talking more as friends, and and you know he was telling stories. Basically, he was basically on a podcast telling a story in the morning, so it was it was fun. I mean, um, you know he's he's just a he's a good person, that's really what it comes down to. The players enjoyed playing for him; they played hard for him. You know, I hope to have the same kind of success as he has with our players. I think that you know it, it, the biggest thing with Dave and I is we had the same philosophy and how the game should be played, the type of players. That neat you need to have to play that that way and and um and then also the the consequences when uh for when you don't do things the way they're supposed to be done I think we both agreed on how that should be handled as well so there were some really good teaching points throughout the season and and things that I learned Uh, and I would say I would suggest to you that I think you probably learned a few things from you know our conversations with me as well.
0: Maybe he wouldn't, but I'm telling you he did <laughs> <laughs> so as uh, as now we we talk about your relationship with 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 the with the head coach now you become the head coach, let's talk about the new coaching staff that has been recently announced um what is your relationship to to the guys first of all, before we get into all their details, do you have any like were you a part of this?
1: yeah, I was part of it i mean um <laughs> So Todd Miller was was uh, going to be the you know basically replacing my job and um, and Mark Delego is going to stay in the in the spot that he was in and take on a, a you know some more responsibility. So you know Todd was a guy that uh, you know we have got you know we had a, a number of people apply for the position and and uh, and through my conversations doing some background checks on some other people his name. Kept surfacing. So I reached out to him to see if he had any interest in and getting being interviewed and that's where it went. And, uh, you know, we had a really good interview. I enjoyed the interview process with him. He has good experience. Uh, you know, he was with Barry Colts for nine years as an assistant, was an interim coach last year and, and went through a disappointing, you know, point when he didn't get offered the head coaching job this past year. So, you know, I think there's a lot of similar similarities there. I think that, uh, you know, for me, I, I wanted someone that had, had experience. I wanted someone that could run a a bench. I wanted someone that could do the penalty kill. Um, So he checked off all those boxes. Um, my conversations with him were really good. I, I enjoyed my conversations with him. I felt comfortable offering him a job, and he accepted. And we're extremely happy that he's going to come on board. Um,
0: and then me, and then you have Daniel Johnson, the new video coach, who you will have a kind of a different relationship with because you would have maybe seen him coming up the junior ranks. Was he yeah. So I don't know. I didn't know
1: Daniel at all. Dan. Okay. Uh, Daniel was going to be hired. Uh, by Dave Lowry. So we were bringing on a video coach regardless and Dave Lowry was instrumental in that and uh, he's worked with Dave in the summer in uh, in Calgary with some of the camps that Dave's done and, and has a little bit of experience, he's going to have to learn our system of how we how we do things in terms of our video and and the things that we're going to be looking for uh, from him. But you know, he's going to add value to what we already bring to the players. I mean, I think and and at the same time, he's going to take some of the workload away from the coach and stuff. So I mean, in a typical day, you know, Dave and I and Mark would be on our computers, you know, till practice time from the morning till the practice time getting video ready so now we have a video coach that can will mark the game during the games we'll have the video right away you know, it'll, it'll
0: be, it'll be outstanding. Wait, Don, are you saying that you don't enjoy being on the computer all the time, working on the technical side of things? (laughs) I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like you, uh,
1: Chris. I like to go for, get a coffee and uh, and all
0: right. All right. Shots fired. (laughs) You walked right into that one, Chris. You walked right into that one. Okay, sure. Well, we have to admit, Donnie, when I knew I was setting up a Zoom meeting, I I just sent you an email. I gave you no instructions. aside. from from taking a couple seconds to figure out the unmute button you did pretty good so I'll, I'll be honest with you I'm kind of proud of you yeah. but now that you're the meanwhile boss, I'm the one on the back end just recording everything and putting everything together but don't worry about it Don you're right I'm just here for the coffees <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't I didn't dish you I just said I want to be like you okay we all got to get along here because this is this episode one of season three we got a long way to go and if there's no hockey we got a lot of things that we got to talk about and fill time with well we'll uh, see you in episode 67. (laughs) (laughs) Well, our guest next week, Don, is Craig Button. So, you know, you're up ahead of Craig button, TSN analyst. So oh, he's got,
1: he's got small shoes to fill.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, I know, I know with Craig button, we're gonna be talking a whole lot about the world juniors, but there I you mean, go. how exciting is it to have a player on the team, make team candidate on with Braden Schneider? Yeah,
1: I can't tell you how proud I have him, Braden. I think that, uh, you know, it's funny. I did a zoom call with a, a triple A AAA major team on Saturday and they asked me, you know, some of my favorite players and, and Schneider is definitely one of them. And, um, You know, the thing that with him is he's so humble. he. It doesn't matter that he was a first round pick or that he was our considered our best defenseman. He just he comes to work. He works his tail off. He's hardest working guy in the gym. He works hard on the ice. Uh, he treats everybody with respect. He, you know he he's more than deserving of of having an opportunity to play for Team Canada and couldn't be more excited for him and, and his family. It's a family thing. Obviously, you he saw Kelly uh, putting up lights at their house. Uh, I don't know if you saw twitter but they changed their lights to red and white so you know it's a family thing in the schneider household and and good for them i think they, they deserve it
0: good 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 people come from good people and that That's is right. very true with that with with that family and you talk talking about him being a beast in the gym did you guys see that social media post of him working on his legs that guy's got quads like tree trunks it is amazing uh, he is so in-game ready it's just it's phenomenal I, didn't, I don't know if you noticed,
1: but the roster for Team Canada, he was weighing in at, I think, 210, and that's the heaviest guy on the back end. And he's not... He's not. He has no body fat on him. Like he's no, he's, he's a he's, he's a lean, mean two ten. And uh, you know, I mean, we're lucky we have him. He's he's a great kid, and he's he's great for our young guys. I mean, every, everybody in our dressing room looks up to him, and he's got a bright future ahead of him. So couldn't be more more happy for him, and and hopefully he has a great tournament.
0: Boy, the only thing about it is to go from Prince Albert to New York. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty big jump. Except you know, like he's got that Prince. Albert, Robert toughness, he could get lost in New York and end up in some back alley in some bad neighborhood, and he'd come out fine. I'm pretty sure that that's just bred into them in VA.
1: Well, I think uh, it'll be interesting to see ten years from now if New York changes Braden. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, like he is yeah, a very humble true. guy, and true. I think that uh, sometimes players do change, but I, I, I don't. I don't think it'll happen with him. I think he's going to be the same same person uh, as he moves forward in his career.
0: Well, I know that his his dad loved listening to the pod on the previous uh, rendition before it was shut down to COVID. And I got to tell you the story, Donnie, I don't know if I told you this one, I I think I might've, but I was talking to Kelly Schneider, Braden's dad, um, just prior to the NHL draft. And I said to Kelly, you know, who's your favorite team growing up? Who did you want to, who did you want to get drafted by? Whatever. And he said, "Uh, you know, he listed off kind of the original six Toronto, Detroit, whatever. And he said, I sure hope Montreal drafts Braden. And I said, well, why? And he goes, well, uh, Braden and I were, We're going to rebuilding the deck this summer and, uh, Braden and I were taking apart this old beat up deck we had, and needed a little bit of repair. And uh, we just started doing some demolition, and Braden's phone rings, and he goes, "Oh, it's the Montreal Canadians. Dad. I gotta go inside and take this call." So I said, "Sure, yeah, go ahead, son, and go take your call." Well, him and I were the only ones home. He tells me, and so Kellys takes a couple steps up onto this old rotting deck and falls right through the rotting wood and gets <laughs> stuck in the deck, <laughs> and he can't get out. But he knows that Braden's on an important, could be life changing call. <laughs> Canadian so he doesn't want to like make a scene and bang on the window to get him to come and help him out of the deck and he said well it'll be a quick call well it was like 45 minutes later Braden came out of the house and goes dad what are you doing <laughs> and he was pinned up and tied up in between uh... these rotten old pieces of wood anyway he said he had a bruise down his back and his leg like all the way from his neck to his ankle and he said all of that he sure hoped it was Montreal that took him so I was watching the draft I was just praying for it but it didn't happen but what a, good, what a good guy Kelly's is just to not want to interrupt the phone call that bad man I'd be screaming I'd be screaming forget that I don't care who it is Jude, come get me <laughs> <laughs> nah, he's a team player yeah it's fantastic yeah. Uh, yeah. talking about Prince Albert Donnie I want to go back to your time in Prince Albert because that's when you got your first taste uh, of Western Hockey League coaching now you'd spent a few years uh, scouting for for Tri-City and uh, while you were coaching in the MJHL with Nipah and a couple teams in Winnipeg but you get your shot in 96 as an assistant coach with the Raiders and all of a sudden uh, a coaching change happens the team's not that great and all of a sudden you're the interim head coach um, and, and your first Western Hockey League coaching gig with a guy that people in Manitoba are familiar with in Ken Pearson but talk about how that all transitioned in making the jump from Nipah to Prince Albert in that assistant coach role and then all of a sudden bang you find yourself behind the bench
1: Well, (laughs) you're never going to believe this, but uh, so I was coaching NEPA at the time, and I was working for Nestle. And Nestle was letting all their staff, the sales staff, go. They were downsizing. So we went from basically 16 salesmen to one in Manitoba and everybody lost their jobs in like late February. And, uh, and at the time I was coaching Nipah and I was commuting from Winnipeg. So Nestle was paying my gas <laughs> to go to Nipah. <laughs> so when that season ended, we went to the league final, we lost in game seven. And, uh, when the, the next day I resigned, because I wasn't gonna pay my own way to to Neuqua. So so I was basically out of work. I didn't have a job, I didn't have a coaching job, and I didn't have a real job. So I started, uh, I worked for Nesby Home Renovations measuring roofs, and uh, I knew that wasn't gonna be a career, so I applied for a job. Actually, I just applied for a job in PA as an assistant coach knew they were looking. I sent my resume, I got an interview, and went up for the first interview. And uh, they invited me back for a second interview. And uh, I knew, I pretty, was pretty sure they were going to offer me a job because they asked my wife to come and my, my son, my son of time, Jackson. So we go into the coach's office, and there's my wife and myself sitting there and Jackson, and he's like, I don't know, I think he would have been a, not even a year. And... In those days, you had VHS tapes, and Chris Stewart had v- all these VHS tapes on his on his shelf. Jackson's pulling all these v- VHS tapes off his shelf while I'm doing this interview, <laughs> so it was pretty funny. Anyway, and then uh, you know, I, I mean, that was a big that was a big step for us. I'd never lived away from home for myself, and certainly my wife was uh, taking a leave of absence from her job as a teacher. So that was a big step. We went from. Uh, two salaries to a really small salary and uh, you know a three bedroom house with a double car garage to a two bedroom fourplex with no garage and one car, so you know it was a lot of sacrifice to go to Prince Albert, but those are two really, really good years. The first year uh, we had a decent team um, we we made the playoffs, but we had we had Chris Phillips and Shane Willis that uh, were our best players, and they got traded at the deadline to help stock the coverage for the future. And then, the next year, we weren't very weren't, weren't a very good team. Got off to a slow start, and Chris lost his job. And I ended up finishing the year. And at the end of the year, I wasn't offered the head coaching job. So, at that time, I just decided that you know it was time for me to come back home and, and you know be a head coach and and for my wife to get back into the teaching teaching trade. And and that's that's the rest is history. That's uh, you know it was a long time between. Western Hockey League stops, so a lot, a lot of uh, different scenarios that uh, came in between.
0: One thing that didn't change with Don McGilvery was the word frugal, because my first road trip with the Brandon Weekings, Kings, there's Don McGilvery with a Prince Albert Raiders Molson Canadian suit bag with his suit hanging in it from like 30 years previous. <laughs> and he's got this bag hanging in his seat, and all he did was ask Scooter to just sew a Wheat King patch over the PA logo, because he he kept that bag for all those years so frugal is Don McGilvery. Listen, listen you know, coaches don't make a lot of money
1: <laughs> you know, it's a fallacy so you know, you have to make uh, good with what you have
0: Never throw anything out. (laughs) Coach lessons on the Weekly Harvest podcast. Hey, listen, I've
1: given uh, given Crow more lessons than I care to share, and if if he wants to keep driving me, I'll definitely give them to him.
0: Hey, I was saying, I was thinking, He He, he, he needs your pointers, Don. Don't worry about it. When you were talking, Don, about Dave and and teaching it, teaching you, you know, yeah. coaching and that sort of thing, the one thing I really liked about Dave and you combined, obviously, you know, I've you've you've kind of taken me under your wing as I like to refer to as kind of like the old wise owl in the tree. You know, you've you've always kind of pointed me in the right direction, and there were times where I had one foot off the ledge and was ready to jump into a spiral, and you were able to pull me back in. So thank you for that. I it does. I do
1: remember one day up in the Winnipeg Press early in the
0: season. <laughs> oh, yes. There was, uh, there was a few fireworks and some some moments where uh, they may have been looking for a new radio guy had you not stepped in and talked me <laughs> off the lead. Uh, but one thing that I really liked about Dave uh, and that I wanted to touch on a little bit more before we kind of wrap up our Dave Lowry love session is that one thing, there were times where I would, you know, I would have questions about why you and Dave had done something, whether it be a drill at practice or a setup during a game. There'd be something that happened during a game and I was like that doesn't make sense and I don't know why they did that and I could ask Dave and within about 15 seconds he'd have it pulled up on the tv screen and he'd be able to to show it in slow motion and explain you know why player a went here and player b went over there and it all made sense but in in saying that when you look back at your career and you started in 89 in the MJ, and basically spent you know 20 some years in junior a where technology probably wasn't that great so all all of a sudden now you're thrust into the western hockey league and you've got instant access to video was that the hardest adjustment you had to make i've always wanted to ask that from a coaching perspective hockey doesn't change the equipment doesn't change and nothing really changes but was that the biggest one from your day to day in all of your coaching
1: the biggest thing is that there's no secrets so, you know, in the Western Hockey League, everybody has access to your, your team and how they play. So uh, I'll just use like one year, I remember coaching in, in junior, the, it's one of the years that we, we won and we didn't do any video. Like We did video for ourselves, but we never really showed the players any video. And then we, we started showing the players video of the other team as playoffs started. And, and, we, and we started implementing some different systems, some different things that teams maybe and and obviously they didn't have access to video so when we came out with a new idea it was new to that team so that was to caught them off guard right so that, that that kind of thing doesn't happen in the Western League you're not really gonna catch anybody by surprise because you, you just can't change that that quickly but the video is definitely was a big adjustment Like I, I mean I I wasn't I wasn't I never did that much video before so it was di- it was a totally different role for me like I I stepped totally out of my comfort zone uh you know I, I wore a lot of hats before i got i did sales i did marketing i did uh trades i did uh listing scouting coaching you know planning practices all that all that stuff you know and so so when you come to brandon all of a sudden you're so singularly focused in terms of what your job is and you have to do your job and do it to the best of your ability. You know, and and the one thing about it being an assistant coach, and I can remember this from when I was in Prince Albert, we'd be in Red Deer and you know, coming home to uh, to Prince Albert and we'd have a ten o'clock meeting and coach wanted video. On well, those days you had to do VHS to VHS, you had to actually literally cut it and it took a long time to do it. So like the video system we have today, makes our job is way easier and it's way more advanced and but certainly the assistant coach's job is to make sure that, you know, they get their their work done so that the head coach is prepared when he goes and talks to the team. So that's where, you know, I always looked at my job was to make Dave's job easier. Like that's that's how that's how I looked at it so that's what I'm expecting my assistant coaches to do as well make my job easier
0: <laughs> yeah are you paying attention mark Todd it's all about getting Donnie's life easier so he can go for the afternoon coffee hey that's so right. speaking of mark we got to give a plug out to Billy's beef because speaking of ice fishing earlier uh, I went and I picked up some some sausage from him for specifically ice fishing I gotta tell you guys unbelievable like so good I wonder you didn't catch any fish I was too busy <laughs> cooking and eating maybe Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. <laughs> but uh, holy man, Billy's beef. Check it out. It was just absolutely amazing. I bet you um, Billy's beef would pair nicely with a crisp Coors Light. I was, I was I was I was gonna say that one was unpaid for. But not to uh, make uh, any any assumption. But Weekly Harvest presented by Coors Light, the official beer partner of the Brandon Wee Kings. Uh, Don, thank you so much for taking time uh, out of your out uh, of your day and talking to us. Uh, obviously, very excited to be seeing you uh, around the rink. Uh, continuing, uh, you know, as the head coach, can't wait for the moment when we actually get to announce you at the season opener where we're doing all the introductions really make it official and then get that puck dropping and and get underway and i think at that point we're all going to take a nice deep breath at the exact same time
1: for sure, that'll be uh, that'll be a, a very special, special special night, and uh, I, one that I think everybody's looking forward to for sure. Not not about me, but just about getting back to playing for sure.
0: Before you go, I'm gonna I'm gonna test you, Donnie, and this is okay. more of a comedic thing. But do you remember? Uh, Aside from the MJHL meetings prior to the season, do you remember your first ever real interaction with me in Verdon in the playoffs? Oh, when I was working for the Oil Caps. Is that when you turned on We Are the Champions? (laughs) No, it wasn't me. So let me break down the story. So I'm working for the Verdon Oil Capitals and we're playing Donnie's Winnipeg Blues in the playoffs and I had a rookie working the iPod to play music at the games and I'm running around doing whatever in a playoff game and Verdon won game one I don't know what the score was 2-1 or whatever well the music guy played We Are the Champions after game one of the preliminary round and all I remember is looking and here's Donnie walking across the ice and I can just see the red in his (laughs) face just like a thermometer rising and all I could think of was there's no way in hell Verdon's winning this series and game seven rolls around and the Winnipeg Blues left Verdon's rink with a series victory and Donnie's never let me live that one down even though I didn't push play it was still my employee still my false
1: yeah well I can tell you Verdon was one of three rinks that I got tossed in (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, so. you know, I was going to make the joke earlier about you know because now you're you're so reserved. I don't know if we're going to get the classic weekend clip of you walking along those nice new benches, swinging <laughs> sticks, uh, or you know, or your former coachmate in PA, Chris Stewart. He has a famous out, outburst that's been on TSN of the of the greatest coach out, outbursts. Maybe this is something that we might see one day from from my Yeah, I don't think so. Like those days are past. I, I, my
1: my my most famous thing is I, I I got tossed out of a game. I, I threw water bottles into all four corners of the rink, so the linesman had to go pick them up. <laughs> so Please. I never I never dumped the bench or anything like that. But
0: it, it uh, I got I did get tossed in. Uh, invert Okay wait wait I got I I got a picture of this when you threw the water bottles into the four corners was this like a grenade toss was this like like a frisbee shuffle like like what kind of Oh this is like a
1: Peyton Manning or uh Joe Montana to
0: Jerry Rice over the referee's head <laughs> Just a long bomb to the corner, eh? Yeah. All right. That's where we got to end this right here is the Weeking fans waiting one day for a possible long bomb after a bad call. (laughs) Don, thank you so much for joining us here on the Weekly Harvest. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Take care. Have a good night. That was Don McGilvery, the newest head coach of the Brandon Wheat Kings, longtime hockey guy, great storyteller. He will be on most of our pregame shows uh, throughout the season. We're going to try and uh, get him more involved. He he loves storytelling and and he's going to be a friend of the media. So looking forward to having him on our broadcast as we move forward into the season. As we touched on before the interview, We've got a ton of news to get to. We'll slowly break it down as we get closer to the season. We'll talk about each segment. Uh, next week, though, we're going to focus on the World Juniors. we got Craig Button, TSN, uh, Director of Scouting, coming on. He's going to talk about Braden Schneider. He's going to talk about Ridley Gregg, Team Canada, World Juniors, everything going on in the Western Hockey League, the sale of the Portland Winterhawks, everything else. Um, we got him coming on next week. But, uh, yeah, once again, Chris, it's, it's great to be back. And, uh, you know, for, for those of you that uh, forgot where to, to find us, uh, we're we're on YouTube Mondays and then we're launched in traditional podcast form Tuesdays, whether that's Spotify, Apple, uh, whatever the Android one is. Is like Google Play? Google mm-hmm. what's that, like yep. Google Play. Yep, Google Play. Uh, and then it's also on the Q Country website as well if you wanna uh, download it later. So And it's gonna be on Westman TV on both Tuesday and right. Thursday nights on the schedule, probably right after Tuba Christmas. <laughs> Possibly. Hey, it's been a long summer. Hopefully, they've got some more content uh, than Tuba no No, it's almost I will, Christmas. I just so. want Tuba Christmas from last year replayed this year. That's all I want on Westman TV. All right, go Have yourself a great week, bud. We'll talk to you again next week. You betcha. All right, right Thanks for listening to the Weekly Harvest podcast. Again, brought to you by Coors Light, the official beer partner of the Brandon Wee Kings. Until next weekend. Until next week. Cheers. Be sure to follow Q Country and the Wheat Kings on Twitter and Facebook for all your Brandon Wheat Kings news. Thanks for listening to the Weekly Harvest.